1: and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately he got the handoff. And you know that's <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank
2: you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to talk about day number eight of New York Jets practice training camp In session with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. And Chris, we're going to start the way that we have started, I'm pretty sure, every single training camp practice. And it's by me saying that once again, Elijah Moore and Carl Lawson dominated practice.
1: Yeah, I think at this point we should just no longer talk about it and it's just implied. They have a bad day of practice. If one of them has a bad day or, you know, doesn't really do much, then I'll say something. And if we don't say anything, it's just implied that they dominated again.
2: It's a pretty safe bet to assume That they dominated But Carl Lawson Another sack against Mekhi Becton He's really been giving the big man the business As they say so far in training camp And then Elijah Moore Just making more dazzling plays for Zach Wilson We talked about this yesterday But it appears that Zach Wilson And Elijah Moore already have that kind of special connection that you need a rookie quarterback to have. He's got that guy that he can rely on in Elijah Moore. And there's another guy that he can rely on that he's been throwing to a lot in these practices too that we're going to get to in a second. But first, talk a little bit more just about how Elijah Moore continued to do what he's been doing all practice today.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just – it doesn't matter – what type of route he's running, what part of the field he's on. Whenever Zach Wilson's throwing him the ball, if the ball is within his wingspan or even, you know, a little bit further than that, he will somehow come up with the catch. Um, It's, it's just been incredible to watch. He's just so quick in and out of his breaks. So, I mean, we talked about it. I talked about it earlier in camp about a couple different times that Bryce Hall was just completely draped over him and he still was able to make a catch. And this is something we I should probably uh, clarify and talk about a little bit more. Zach Wilson has one of the things that's been really impressive in camp so far is that he is throwing with placement. Um, he's throwing it to a spot where only Elijah Moore can get it. So it's still tight coverage, but Elijah Moore has to reach out and get it. And every time he does it. But if, if so, he can be in covered really tight, but it just takes one quick little move from him to just create just enough space for him to make the play. Uh, I mean, you know, early in camp, we've seen uh, you've seen highlights being tweeted out from fans um, that were at the practice of him just dusting people. But most of the, the plays, it's not it's not just completely burning people. People are within them. It's just he's just getting in exactly the right spot and using his body as a shield to get the ball and safely. And it, again, it doesn't matter the route, the type of route, the distance on the route, the part of the field it is. He's just all over the place making plays, and that we haven't seen them go to any type of gadget plays for him. You know, they're not they're not sitting here trying to manufacture him touches. Like they don't need to manufacture touches for this guy. Uh, you know, Salah talked about it yesterday. He's like, yeah, I mean, he can do it, but. They don't need to do that for him. You know, maybe if the offense is really struggling in one game to get going, they do that, but that's not going to be necessarily to get him going, but to get the offense as a whole going because he doesn't need that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse with family.
0: In that case,
1: I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Chris, as I said, there's another guy that Zach Wilson seems to be relying upon early in training camp, and that is Corey Davis. When the Jets signed Corey Davis, I didn't envision him as a number one type receiver A guy that is necessarily going to be an all-pro, even though that's what he was expected to be when he was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. And I think when Evan Roberts came on the show, he said it best. If you let go of that expectation, the expectation that Tennessee had of him when they picked him at number five overall, and see him for what he is, which is a really good, really reliable receiver... Then you start to have visions of what this offense is going to be this year with Davis as one of the top targets. And Zach Wilson clearly sees that vision because he's been relying on Wilson thus far. Again, not a guy that's going to be an elite playmaker, but somebody that's going to be a really nice weapon in this offense. And Zach Wilson has gone to him early and often, and he did it again today.
1: Yeah, the one one little negative about Elijah Moore getting all this attention is we're not talking enough about Corey Davis because he has been just steadily good all throughout. And I, I agree with what you're saying. I just he does. I do think you'll see some huge weeks with. There's going to be weeks mm-hmm. when he plays at that level. Mm-hmm. It's just consistently you're not going to see that. And, mm-hmm. A lot of that's going to be matchup dependent on, you know, the corner that he's facing in the defense. Um, But every, every time he's not doing the wow plays like Elijah Moore and not even as many wow plays like Keelan Cole, although I will also include Keelan Cole in this, just how consistently reliable he's been. But Corey Davis, even more so, Every time Zach Wilson is looking his way and he throws the ball his, his way, he's bringing in the catch. And now we're talking mostly like 10 to 15 yards, some 20, 25 yards. Uh, we're we're not talking about huge plays, but it's just moving the chains right down the field. And it's just steady and reliable. And we've talked about Zach Wilson's chemistry with Elijah Moore, but he's he's developed some really good chemistry with Corey Davis too. The Elijah Moore thing seems to be on another level, just because sometimes you don't even really know exactly how quickly Elijah Moore is going. And it just, it's, it looks crazy, but the Corey Davis, every time Zach Wilson looks his direction, he's coming down with the play. And again, he's not like completely burning guys. This is, it is, isn't bad coverage. So, I you can sit here and certainly I know we get this question every year in training camp when uh, one side of the ball is, is struggling or the other side is doing really good and it's always well is this just a product of the other side being bad and okay we're dealing with a uh, very young cornerback group so I get that but they're in position they're right there uh, these are tight coverages. And the plays are still being made, just steady and reliable time after time after time.
2: Chris, just to clarify what I was saying, I didn't mean that Corey Davis isn't going to have some monster days. I'm just saying that I don't expect him to be a week-in, week-out number one wide receiver, as you were saying. That's what he did in Tennessee. There were weeks where he just put up incredible numbers, but the consistency is what we're talking about. So I see him as more of, as I was saying to you before we started recording an Eric Decker type, a really strong number two, although I hate these labels and the numbers, but you get what I'm saying. He's going to be a really nice piece in this offense, but I don't expect him to be a consistent all-pro caliber player. I do like what he's going to bring to this offense, and I think Zach Wilson does too. And speaking of Zach Wilson, he had his typical Zach Wilson training camp day. Day number one, not good. Day number two, awesome. And every day since has been more good than bad, but nothing amazing. Nothing that jumped out at you as, oh, my God, this kid's incredible. But, again, as a rookie who's only had a handful of training camp practices, that's not a bad place to be right now.
1: No, not at all. And uh, he had a really terrible interception today. Uh, Jared Davis picked him off. And I I saw the interception. We were up on the upper patio watching the practice uh, today. And I saw the interception before he even threw it. He flipped his hips, cocked his arm back, and I—I I was just in my head, just oh no, like all the slow motion. What are you doing? Because there was like three guys sitting there. He just didn't see Jared Davis under there. Uh, threw it right to him. It was—it was a nice play by Jared Davis uh, lurking there, but it was a really bad pass. But. Uh, for the rest of the day, he was good. He was sharp. And, again, I want to talk about the the way he throws the ball uh, high or low in a way it has needed. Like, there's a lot of little details about uh, that, you know, they're just little things that he's doing well over and over and over again. And it stands out, but it's not the – you know the 80 the 60 yard pass to Elijah Moore the jaw dropping stuff so you see all this and you know i i'm i all i can really say is i every day that i come throughout that first day pretty much it's building more and more and i'm getting just incrementally very very slightly but more and more convinced that he he's going to be a good quarterback for this team than I was when they first drafted him. And, you know, how I, I felt I he wasn't at the top of my list, but I thought he was going to be good, especially with um, the situation that he's in now. I thought that was good and would help propel him. But every day, incrementally, I'm saying, okay, this kid is better than I thought.
2: Chris, yesterday we talked about how Mike LaFleur had said that a bunch of different players are going to get looks with the ones And that the same thing was going to happen on the defensive side of the ball under Jeff Ulbrich Today we saw a good example of that Because Isaiah Dunn, the undrafted rookie corner out of Oregon State Was running with the ones In place of Brandon Eccles, who had been in that spot yesterday
1: Yeah, and Bryce Hall was back with the ones today And it was bless Austin's turn to to get bumped down for the day in order for that to happen, um, you know, I I just I had the wrong name. I I, I yesterday I, I had predicted that it was going to be Pinnock that was <laughs> going to get get the opportunity, and I do expect that he'll get the opportunity the next day or so. Um, Isaiah Dunn stood out to me a, a little bit during OTAs, and he had a, a a really nice practice earlier. I I have noticed Pinnock a little bit more, so I guessed him. I went with the wrong name, but you get the idea. This is what they're going to be doing. And they're not, it, Robert Sala talked about this again after practice because they were asking about the scrimmage and uh, on Saturday and if there's going to be ones versus twos or w- what, all that type of stuff. He said, no, it's just going to be ones versus ones, two versus twos. And there was a question about, well, how is that going to work with the r- running backs? And he said, listen, when we talk ones and twos, we're talking quarterback and offensive line everything else and the the running backs the tight ends the wide receivers they're all interchangeable like it's not like a set ones and twos and especially with the running backs like this year there's going to be three of them at least getting the the a lot of touches and they're just going to roll with the hot hand and i think you're going to see yes obviously uh elijah moore uh Keelan Cole and Corey Davis are going to get the most reps, but there's going to be other opportunities for the, uh, these other guys. Cornerback, they would like to settle on, eventually on two guys on the outside and one guy on the inside. Obviously, you'll have to bring guys in at times, but they really do want to have a set, um, uh, like settle on two guys there. But it's, it's so early in the process. The only way that they're going to get to that is by giving everybody a shot. You try everybody out. So again, for multiple different reasons, this is why you shouldn't get too caught up in who played, who had got first team reps today and who gets first team reps tomorrow. It only matters when you see them get stacked day, day after day after day after day after day.
2: Chris, the name that we heard yesterday from Mike LaFleur. It's not a big name is Austin Walter, who is the sixth running back and at best a long shot to make the team. But he looked pretty good today. And I'm wondering if perhaps maybe if he doesn't make the active roster, there's a spot for him on the practice squad because it appears that he's really well liked. Also, while we're talking about running backs, I believe Michael Carter dropped a couple of passes today.
1: Yeah, there's Walter guy. Let me tell you about this Walter guy. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, so uh, I, I'm mad at him for making me mad at myself. Um, because i yesterday I'm sitting there listening to the well, I also haven't really paid too much attention to him camp because he's the sixth guy in camp. And you know, we we know that those top three guys and then uh, Josh Adams, P Ryan battling uh, it out there. Like, then you turn and uh, you got Walter here. So, and I was just like, okay, this guy is not, there's no chance this guy's cracking the roster. And then LaFleur mentioned something about him yesterday, and I was just like, all right, cool, yeah, yeah, whatever. Sure thing, Mike. And then today I go out there and I'm like, this Walter guy, man, what are you trying to do to me? Because I'm like, okay, fine. Yes, there's something here. Uh, yeah, the practice squad seems like an ideal situation, you know, that'll obviously depend what happens in preseason. He he has a a couple good preseason games. Maybe somebody snatches him up, but that right now that, that seems like a good play for them to, that they seem to really like him today. I saw why, Um, but that, that seems like something they would definitely be looking to do. Hope that they can get away with stashing him on the practice squad for a while. And yeah, with Michael Carter, <clears throat> two two relatively easy passes he dropped, but the, he did come back on the third. Uh, caught a pass over the middle, planted his foot, and just popped right up field. Um, but he did he did drop two relatively easy passes. It hasn't been a problem throughout camp. It w- it just happened today. So he's been catching passes throughout camp. Nothing nothing to be concerned about yet.
2: Injury wise, we've got some news. Elijah Ver Tucker did not practice today. And then a couple of players left practice. Alex Lewis, who had a head injury. John Franklin Myers walked off the field. And also Daniel Brown. So update us on these four guys.
1: Yeah, so Elijah Ver Tucker has the strain pictorial. Um it's it's she's still day to day. Salah wasn't ready. He was non-committal about Saturday night uh, at the the practice at the stadium. But I would expect by Monday or Tuesday at the latest to, to have him back. Um, Alex Lewis had the head head injury. Uh, Salah talked about this after practice. Obviously, they're a little thin at the at the guard spot right now, and that's that's not great. Um, you know, they're not. It's not a super uh, big concern long term but you don't want to have this many injuries in the same position at the same time in camp. That's never good. Franklin Myers is being evaluated for a shoulder, and it was a hamstring for Daniel Brown.
2: After practice, we heard from Brant Boyer, Robert Sala, and Ty Johnson. Let's start with Ty Johnson. What did he have to say?
1: All right, well, first I'm going to start with how he entered the presser he he was speaking to us in Spanish. I think he was, he, he's trying to learn Spanish. And so he was trying to speak a little Spanish with us, but you know, he didn't know too much. Uh, he let us know that muscle Manos, all that stuff. Uh, and then, and then he was spoke Spanish on the way out. So I, I think he's got like a vacation idea in Cabo or something for after the season, he must be trying to work on that, but that was, that was uh, pretty fun. Uh, he's, this is a, a you know a weird year, especially because of the COVID last year and everything on Zoom. That like um, we're like getting to know players that were on the team last year. We're just getting to know them now, and it's, this this is a fun kid. This kid's got a good personality. Um, he's very entertaining. He just he talked was asked about the competition and the running back, and he just thinks it's great. It's been elevated everybody's game. He researched the system, of course, and he loves it. He thinks it's a great opportunity to showcase the talent because the lanes are always going to be there. Yeah, he's also very happy to be running behind this offensive line, very excited about it. He says he's been most impressed with just the ball gets snapped and they're just jumping off the ball. And like seeing how fast they jump off the ball and get moving makes him uh, speed up so he can catch up to them. He doesn't want to get caught uh, being behind them. And he specifically singled out Becton. When Becton gets moving, he really gets moving. Um, And he said, you know, this is going to be huge for them because they're going to really be able to wear defenses out with that. And then the the highlight of it was uh, he was just talking about how he he feels happier here uh, this year. You know, he's got a little bit of that vet feel, but then he was asked to compare. Uh, he was comparing thinking about Detroit, and he forgot if Daryl Bevel was his offensive coordinator there for a second. He was like, You know, it was with uh Detroit, it was like, Be- Bevel, and it was Bevel, it was Bevel, right? Right, it was it was Bevel, and and then I was, <laughs> I was, he was like, I think it was Bevel. Am I tripping? And I was just like, it sounds right. Cause like I, I had, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on the timeline. I knew Bevel was there and then I knew Bevel went back to Seattle, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure on the timeline. I was just like, it sounds right. And he was like, all right, cool. Let's go with it, Bevel. So that was kind of interesting. He seemed to gather his thoughts and and realize it, but that was, that was quite humorous for sure.
2: Brant Boyer spoke. We don't get to hear from him that often. what do he have to say?
1: Yeah. Uh, so he was asked about, like, evaluating the kickers, especially because, uh, you know, not – all they're doing is – they get a handful of kicks in practice. It's not that big a deal. um, I, And, like, what he's really looking for, obviously, than just miss or, or make. Uh, and he just said, you'd like to see how they respond. Like, can they bounce back from a miss and hit the next five? Can they watch another kicker, like, uh, bang a long one and then step up and match it? Uh, he he talked about Elijah Moore and Michael Carter both making great strides in the punt return game. Um, he talked about Leon Washington. What an awesome addition he has been to the staff and, and uh, just a great guy as well. And then for any of the fans that have been out at practice, you, you might have seen that they've they do this thing where they hold a really long broom up and they just like wave it around in front of the the punt returners face to try to distract them. And then they'll also just like randomly chuck a giant medicine ball at their legs. And Hmm. he said, you know, we're doing that just to keep them uncomfortable just so that they know that while they're watching for the ball at any point, someone could be just coming to undercut their legs. So they want to make him uncomfortable to get used to that, and then uh, he he was he's very uh, very happy to be following Salah. Said he's ultra smart, high energy guy that anyone would want to follow. He was asked about he's been very quiet this year. He was asked if he's calmed down and is more subdued, and he just laughed. He was like, "Oh no, 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 that's not it. This is a very young group, so." Uh, he's not yelling at them because they don't know everything yet so he he has more patience with them he says it's it's with the veterans who know better that that's when he starts to yell so if uh <clears throat> if these guys a couple years down the line still getting yelled at they're probably not going to be around much longer
2: finally robert sala spoke he talked a little bit about the green and white practice had a really interesting quote too That talked about what happened at Giants camp the other day in an indirect way. I don't want to say that he was throwing shade at Joe Judge, but he definitely said that he would have handled things differently.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's and the players have all talked about this, and they've been, all throughout camp, they've been talking about it. like They really appreciate this about them, but he treats them with respect. He treats them as a man, and they recognize that and they give that respect right back to him. Um He was saying how he's not really big into yelling and making a show about this. He, he's just going to come and talk to you about it. Like, Hey, you messed this up. We got to get this right. And you, you can talk like adults, man to man with respect. You don't have to be in their face screaming and yelling. Just hey this this needs to be done better and he, he gets through guys like that and you know every like former players all raved about him and that's one of the reasons why that like football the culture of football especially when you know younger that's just how it is just screaming everybody's face and it happens in the NFL too and it's it's part of the, it's just part of the culture, so people put up with it. But I promise you, the players are all rolling their eyes at it. When you approach them with respect, man to man, they're gonna respond better. Now there might be some moments, and everybody is different. Some people like to be out at more, but more often than not, when you can just like level with somebody, it's gonna be easier to get through. So he talked about that. That's not yelling is not really his style. Um <clears throat> one thing he talked about also was he was asked like, what is he looking for in the cornerback group to see who gets those job that earns those starting jobs? What's like the one thing he was looking for? Most of all, he said simple. Can you win on third downs? That's it. He said Richard Sherman won on third downs. Jason Verrett won on third downs. Very different players. Doesn't matter. They got the job done. That's what he's looking for most of all. Can you win on third downs? That's, that's what's going to determine if we can, who these cornerbacks are going to be, who the starters are going to be. Whichever one shows and proves that. It gives him the most faith that they can stop third down plays, whether it's in zone, whether it's a man, somebody who's going to be fearless and go after it and make the play.
2: The very big deal the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Thank you so much for coming on and recapping day number eight of Training Camp with me. Really appreciate it. We will be back with a Training Camp mailbag tomorrow because tomorrow's an off day. And then, of course, We'll be back at it from training camp after that. If you've got questions, you can send them in on Twitter. We're assembling them right now. So go ahead and tweet at us. I'm, of course, at Play Like a Jet One, and Chris is at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. And make sure you're reading his very big deal work at jetsinsider.com, as well as checking out what we're doing. At playlikeajet.com and the Play Like A Jet YouTube channel. Great videos from Luke Grant. There's a brand new one up right now of Carl Lawson breaking him down. We've talked every day about how he's dominating at practice. You can get a much better idea of why by watching Luke's video. You can also check out all the ones that he's done on other players Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Quinn Williams. And so much more. Kayla Pace has her commentaries up. Pace's playbook as well. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. And if you could go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes for the podcast, if you haven't done that already, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's PlayLikeAJetDigital and jet.com.
0: 18 plus.